turn with me to James chapter 3, verse 9. Praise the Lord for this night and his grace toward us. Praise the Lord for missions. And this week, next week, well, we are introducing this week, next week, that is uh, Missions Week. Next week is Missions Week in prayer for missions for the summer. And uh, I would like you to read this verse with me. I want you to also do a exercise. But before we, let's pray to the Lord, the Lord Jesus. Praise you. Thank you for this assembly. Thank you for your love for us. For your Holy Spirit that anoints us to walk by faith. And lead us, Lord, as an assembly with other assemblies around the world. Where we lift you up in our personal life, in our hearts, and honor you in truth. And you visit us in the night season. You give us a weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Your grace abounds toward us. We are objects of your love. We want to be loved tonight, Lord, by your Holy Spirit in our assembly to love us, to give us your understanding and mind and your heart. Thank you, Lord. Even heal someone in your name, God. Heal someone in your name as they listen to the word and believe you and trust you. We are vessels of faith. We've come in your name. We put our trust in you. Shower us, Lord. Shower us with your great grace and your love. That everyone leaving tonight would know that you love them. You love them with an everlasting love. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Read that verse with me, James 3, verse 9. There would bless we God with our tongue, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. So we curse men that are made after the image of God. That's the idea there. Who is made in the image of God? Are the people that live in Buddhist countries, they made in the image of God? Yes. Muslim countries, Hindu countries, yes, they're made in the image of God. When I look at the faces of people around the world, different countries, and you just love them, they look at their face and you just see 
you can you can see if you look at it if you look at the person and you can see the image of God what is that anyway what is that the image of God I think sometimes when you look at a man and you look at him and you think does he have a wife a child does he love his family yeah he loves his family would he protect his family yes is he saved no he's not saved he's not a Christian he's not saved he's in a communist country but he loves his family why does he love his family because he's made in the image of God. Uh, does he know about right and wrong? Yeah, he does. He knows about it. It's in him, written in his heart. Why? Why does he know that? Because he's in the, made in the image of God. Everyone in the world, every human being in the earth is made in God's image. Are they, are they children of God? No, but they are, they are not our brothers and sisters in that sense of being in God's family. But as Paul said, we are all the offspring of God in Acts 17. We're made in the image of God. Even bad people, criminal people, tyrants, demonized people. They are made in the image of God. And you can't curse them and bless God at the same time. In verse 9, it says, With the same mouth we bless God and then we curse the people around us. But we curse the men around us and people around us. But they are made in the image of God. And I cannot curse them and bless God. Right? That's what it's saying. So, it's not hard to think of, you can tell a joke in China about a man and his wife and a dog. They will laugh about the joke, the same as in Russia and Hungary and here. Why? Why do we have a sense of humor? Why do we have that? We are made in the image of God. We are like, we are, there's something about God in us that is, there is a similarity. There's something about us and God that is similar. We are made in his image. Isn't that amazing? When Jesus came into the world, it says in Isaiah 55, turn there with me, please, to that text. Isaiah 55, verse 8. My thoughts are not your thoughts. And there's a couple of reasons, a couple of things that we catch ourselves with when we know God's thoughts, when we learn his thoughts 
How does God think about the world? Wait, how does he think about it? Here's a, here's a short lesson. You have, this is interesting, how does God work? And I have like two, two little thoughts, two examples from the Bible that may provoke your thinking. You have a very good man, his name is Job, and what God does to him is very bad. Isn't it? I mean, in the period of time, the sufferings of Job were bad. But God did it for his reason. He doesn't even tell us what the reason is. He doesn't even tell us. We will learn in heaven. We see Job's uh, blessing. We see his promotion. But still, the suffering was horrible. Whenever you suffer in this life, you cannot look for a reason. You have to trust God and his character. Because it doesn't work like that. Like you can't find the reason. You have to go beyond reason and live by faith and trust him. Later he can tell you why the suffering was so great in your life or why you were heartbroken or he can, he, he probably will. It'll be clear in heaven, but in this life we see through a glass darkly. In this life we're called to live by faith. So in one case you have Job who is a righteous man and he has a bad time. And then over here you have a bad man. I don't know what man I want to use. I'll just make up, just put here a bad man. And God gives him a lot. He gives the bad man a lot. Maybe we could use Psalm 73. Why does he give a bad man good a good time? Why, why does he do that? His thoughts are not our thoughts. And his ways are not our ways. Look at 55, 8. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. So you take uh, a homeless man in New York that has very great troubles on many levels, and God giving him grace, God changing his life, God saving him, God promoting him, taking him off the street, and doing something like that, that we see in the Gospels, where Jesus is doing it, quite often it's happening, that God is the God of all grace. And this is one thing that isn't in our thoughts. We are not generally grace-oriented. We don't know grace. We have to learn grace. We're predisposed to guilt. I wake up in the morning. I might wake up in the morning. You might wake up in the morning and be guilty because it's our nature. But God is saying to us, and, and in the weekend we had the video, His Name, 
or he is rather. And all his names, Pete Westera said, all his names are like God crying out to us to say, I am enough for you. I am what you need. I am a door. I am a shepherd. I am the rock. I am the tower. I am the grace. I am the answer. I am God. I am here for you. I care about you. I am the comforter. I am your power, your strength. I am the way, the truth, the life. All those names of God. Beautiful. So I'm excited about missions. And the reason why is because in my heart, I can see people. I can see them in our hearts. We can see people. And I want God to put it in my heart, which people, you know, where to go, what to do, how to pray about it, how to think about it. And this is why I am stirred up about it, is because the God, the God of all grace, so we'll put here the word, this is one of the things that, that evades us, kind of, in our personal heart. He loves me. He loves me. I am the disciple whom Jesus loved. What a way to identify yourself. The identity of people, I am doctor so-and-so, identity, I am pastor so-and-so, I am the apostle John, I am the one that walked with Jesus, I am, I am this, or I am, I am Mr. so-and-so, I am, or, or did, what did, uh, what did John say? Yeah, he said five times, I am the disciple whom Jesus loved. Identity. So here, here's the last point here. Um, why do I want to go to a Buddhist country? Because they don't know. They don't know that there's a personal God that loves them personally. That he loves them paid for their sin. I know it's a different religion. I know about the religion, actually. I can discuss it, and I understand it. I know how they think. I, I mean, because you study it, you go there, you understand it. They don't have the message of grace. They don't have it. But we have. Um, it's exciting to think about it what grace can do when somebody realizes they are loved, they are forgiven. You know, there's a, there's a way of counting your sin. It's like this, like um, you could say, I, I have uh, lied, I have killed, murdered. I have, it's actually murder in the Hebrew. It's not killed. And then a line goes through it. But you can see what was done. I li- This is like I sinned, I lied, and then there's a line through it. The other, the way it's written in Colossians 2, 15, is that Jesus blotted out 
the, tr the, the rules, not only my sins, but he blotted out even the ordinances. They aren't even there on the page. It's like, here's, here's, there, there's your, the record of your sin right there. Like it's not even on the, there isn't even a record of the ordinances. Not to mention what you have done, and it's, it's out, it's like scratched out, but this is like blotted out. This is the blotted out, the, the ordinances that were holding us accountable. It's over, it's gone by grace. For Jesus took it, so we don't. My thoughts, we could say to God, Lord, the Great Commission, really? Like, we have to, we go? Like, really? I, I, can't you do it a different way? Isn't it a different, it, it seems so pedestrian, so kind of, pedantic I guess is a word it's so like like so weak it's so poor the message and the Lord says no my thoughts are not your thoughts I send you I send you to other parts of the world I send you I have to say this tonight because I know that many many of us you've worked all day you 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 have things on your heart, you have things, to, you know, in your life and everything. But I want, to, I want to say something extremely radical, because that's God. He is, he is so, he, it is so amazing what he has done for us. It is so radical what he has done. And then equipping us. And then saying, if you look at those people in India, they are made in the image of God. And my, my ways, my thoughts, are not your ways. It, don't worry about these things. I will show you. I will send you. You will actually go. You actually go to Vietnam. You actually share the message on the street in Vietnam. And people will actually, they will actually find where you, your apartment is and sleep outside the door waiting for you to wake up in the morning. That's happened to me. That's not in Vietnam, but it happened to me in Hungary. It happened to me. And that was many years ago. And those... Uh, two young girls that did that are are in the church there, and this is a long time ago. But I, it's not about me. It's a, of course you understand and hear that. Yes, it's about enjoying the reality of the the, the living God, who had has done something radical for us in in giving us His Son. Did he give us his son? Yes. What? He gave us his son. 
He gave us his son. And now we're free. We're free. We're free in the spirit. We're free to believe. We're free to give grace. To give more mercy and more mercy and more mercy. To give and give and to live like that. What do you need or where could I go or what is it that need? you need encouragement? I can help you. I can share with you. Uh, do you need a word in season? Do you need a good word? Do you need somebody to build you up? Yes, we can do that because we have been built up. We have been forgiven. Isn't that amazing? New life. Why do we come here? Because we want to hear about Jesus and his grace. We want to be built up in the spirit of God. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians and... um, This will be the text. So I want you to, actually I think we'll do it this way. Uh, It'll be 2 Corinthians 3, and we'll go into chapter 4, verse by verse, kind of quickly. We'll hit those verses, and that'll be our message tonight. So um, right now, could you minister to each other for a minute? And then they'll come and do the announcements and offering. And so just share with your neighbor. Love them and encourage them and minister grace to them. Okay, you may be seated just for a few minutes here. Mark 12. Maybe seated. All right, so uh, Mark 12, verse 41. Very, very, very short, I think, message, but, but just uh, to tell you right away what it is. It's about, about God's character, his nature, his love for us, grace. Grace, how he looks at your life. Verse 41, Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. And many that were rich cast in much. Uh, We just had a Super Bowl, I think $9,000 for a ticket. I heard that number. I had somebody look it up. $9,000, big money, huh? Turn to your neighbor and just say, hey. Pick up your game. Come on. What group are you hanging out with? What group? Now, Jesus is at the treasury at the temple. He's at the treasury of the temple. And he's looking. And he sees the rich people. The rich people are coming. Big money, rich people. All right, you're not used to that, I know, but but there are that does have, there are people that have huge amounts and so on, and they put the money in the treasury. And there came a certain poor widow, verse 42. A certain poor widow, a little woman, 
thinking of, it doesn't say she's little, but she's poor. She threw in two mites, which make a farthing, and somebody gave me the little copper, little pieces of copper metal that um, were from that time. I have them somewhere in my office, in plastic, right? Okay. Why, what's the meaning here? It's This woman has a heart. She has a heart. She has value. She's made in the image of God. If she's poor, but God, God sees her, she's made in God's image. And, and she has his attention. She doesn't know it. Like, she doesn't know, but he is drawn to her. He sees her. He knows her. He knows what's going on. He knows what's in her heart. She has a heart. It's beautiful. You know, when God looks at the world, he sees a lot. He sees people. Buddhist people, Islamic people, Hindu people. He sees communist people. He sees bad people. He sees good people. I mean, the morally, I mean, relatively good. When actually no one is in an absolute sense, but you understand what I'm saying. He sees. He knows. He cares. He died for the sins of the world. He died for the sins of of every human being. He died for us. He loves the world. And he says, I blot it out. I take care of it. I remove. All of the, all of the penalties against you are removed, nailed to the cross. I save you. You are saved by grace. This is me. This is God. Sometimes we have to like step back from our little world of measuring and analyzing and figuring out and being guilty and worried about things and troubled and everything. Step out of our world of like that small world of guilt and fear and worry and touch God, touch Jesus. I mean, Jesus, touch us with your grace and tell us what it is. Tell us who we are. Tell us that my two pennies have your your attention, that you care, that you see me, that you know me, that you know my name, you know my name, Lord, God, you see my face, my face and your face, Psalm 27, yes, I am God that loves you. Now, we're, we become very good at living the Christian life. We are very good at it. We, like, learn it. We learn how to do it. We learn how to talk and how to act and everything. But inside, empty. Inside, maybe lonely. Inside, maybe afraid. Inside, I remember when we were raising our family, and I read a little bit about it today from another book, not about our family, but a man raising a family. His daughter didn't come home at night and um, was taking birth control pills 
and she's like 15 years old, and he's a Christian and brought her up in a Christian family, and he's looking out the window in the middle of the night waiting for his daughter to come home, and she doesn't come. And how it rips the heart out of a parent. It rips your heart out. How did this happen? How could that? It didn't happen to us, but I'm just saying, we know as people how much we can be afraid of things. We know as people how, how life could go in a way we didn't expect. We need to realize that. But, but this is the value of our faith. The value of our faith is that we are living as God speaks to us that his grace is there. That he's there. That he's with us. That he's with us in this life. And with this poor woman, she has two pennies, but in her heart, like she's giving it. And this is what Jesus says, verse 40, 43. And he called unto him his disciples and said unto them. And I would like to say this to us about that, and I'm finishing pretty soon here. Jesus calls you to, to him. And he says, I want, to, I want to blow your mind. I want to blow your mind. I love that. Come on. Lord, come on. Tell me. What, what, what's going on? Tell me. Blow my mind. He goes, I will blow your mind. Do you see this little woman? This poor woman. Nobody notices her, knows her, could care less about her. Uh, she can discard her. Nobody will miss her. I would miss her. Jesus says, I would miss her if she's so valuable to me. She is so precious to me. Yeah. That's beautiful. Look at verse 43. He called the disciples over. He said, that this poor widow, I say to you, has cast more in than, than any kind of Super Bowl money any big contracts, any big bucks, she has cast in more than all they that have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her life, all her living. All right, let me finish here. I believe if we could know the nature of God, our joy is, is, is inextinguishable. You cannot get rid of it when we, we find the nature of God. I believe when we find grace, grace under that mountain, Zechariah 4, 7, I, I find when God says, out, out, and the demon goes out, and we realize we are in the presence of God, we have joy unspeakable. We have a freedom and a liberty. We're not afraid. We're not afraid. It's amazing. To live in this world and not be afraid is incredible. But you're not afraid. To live in this world with real freedom deep in your spirit, you are free. You are free. You can run around and enjoy life 
and share love and give grace, you are free. When you get hurt and you don't hate, of course you hate, you process it, but you know God does not hate. God loves, God gives grace. I need to forgive. I learn about forgiveness. I find that I give mercy, I get mercy. I find as I believe God, I get joy. And I could say that I find when missionaries go out on the field and they are sent, they say this was the greatest time. It was unbelievable what happened, how God spoke to hearts and how the gospel was preached, and what a joy it is. But I don't have to go. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we have something, and, and that grace is what we stand in. It's what we grow in. I want to relearn it. I relearn. Blow my mind, Lord. Come on. Talk to me. Tell me. And he tells me in Matthew 20. He tells us in the scripture. And then we'll finish with that. A guy needed some Latinos to work in his garden, so he went to Home Depot. He went there at 8 in the morning. He got some Latinos. They are the best workers in the world. They get in the back of his truck, he drives to the garden, he, two hours later, these guys are great, I need more. I go back to Home Depot, I go get pick up a couple more. And he does that through the day. Last, last hour of the day, four o'clock in the afternoon, he goes to get two more. In the beginning, he said, I'm going to pay you for the day, whole day wage, one denarii. At the end of the day, he lines up all his workers. Who does he pay first? If he wanted to hide it, he could pay the first guys one denarii, one denarii, and then later. But he starts at the end. He starts at the four o'clock guys. The four o'clock guys, he hands them a shovel, they move some dirt, they have a coffee, they put, they're done in an hour. He gives them the whole day wage, one denarii. They give them the whole day. By the time he gets it, they get one denarii, and they go, what? why are you, you give him the whole, and we got, he said, didn't I agree that you would get the day wage? And if I want to give him grace at the end of the day, that's my business. You calling me evil because I'm good? Because I give grace. I give grace to people that don't deserve it. People that work at the end of the day and have a coffee and move the shovel from here over to here. That's all they did. And then have sit down and we'll talk. And have a coffee and here, here's a whole day wage. Whole day wage paid to you. That's Matthew 20. Parable. And it's about grace. We are objects of grace. We learn grace. We grow in grace. We need grace. I don't care how long you've been a believer. You need to be saturated with grace and then give it out and give out grace. Our country has a problem because people are afraid and worried and guilty and empty. But you aren't. You are filled with the Spirit. You are a gracious person. You are a forgiving person. You are a loving person. You have a ministry. Yeah, you. You have a ministry. You have a ministry from God on this earth to people made in his image who need him. Okay? Amen.
as you pray with me. Lord, we could say, go, go, in Jesus' name. Go. So we could say to the demons, out, out. We could say to bad habits, it's over. We could say, grace, grace to that mountain, that mountain that becomes a plain. It's a huge mountain. It never leaves. It will never go anywhere. But grace says, grace, grace. God is here, and the mountain becomes a plain. Our habits are gone. Our bad habits are gone. They're gone. Stop smoking. They're gone. Stop drinking. They're gone. Stop lying. They're gone. Stop being depressed, empty, complaining, moping around, unbelieving. It's gone. The God of all grace is able to establish you, strengthen you, and settle you. Lord, to cancer, it's gone in Jesus' name by faith, we pray. It's gone in Jesus' name. And then send laborers into the fields, we pray, in Jesus' name, this summer. Lead us, please. Where to go and who to go and how it works, we ask it. And thank you for it in Christ's name. Amen.